Hello, and welcome to Coffee and Code. I'm your host, Ashley Coffee. Coffee and Code is your weekly rundown for the latest top tech news from around the world delivered every Wednesday. On my show, you'll find a mix of the latest tech news from around the world, including emerging tech, privacy, cybersecurity, and more, including interviews with experts, innovators, and everyday tech tips to level up your life. Subscribe to Coffee and Code to be notified when episodes go live. You can also find me on Twitter at AshleyCoffee underscore and on Instagram at AshleyRCoffee89. Thanks for listening and welcome to Coffee and Code. Today, I'll be talking about the latest AR VR rumors for Apple, Instagram's new artificial intelligence and machine learning technology that protects teens against suspicious adults, Facebook's new tool to help more people get vaccinated across the US, and how the recent NFT craze is raising up hard copyright questions. Let's dive in. There are rumors that Apple is set to launch a mixed reality headset in mid-2022 and augmented reality glasses by 2025. Well-regarded analyst Ming-Chi Kuo said today in a research note with TF International Securities that Apple plans to release its long-rumored mixed reality headset in mid-2022 followed by augmented reality glasses in 2025. Kuo said several prototypes of Apple's mixed reality headset currently weigh 200 to 300 grams, but he said that the final weight would be reduced by 100 to 200 grams if Apple can solve technical problems, which would be significantly lighter than many existing VR devices. Due to a complex design, Kuo expects the headset to be priced around $1,000 in the United States, in line with the price of a high-end iPhone. In line with a previous rumor, rumor, Kuo said the headset will be equipped with Sony's micro OLED displays and several optic modules to provide a see-through AR experience adding that the headset can also offer a VR experience. Kuo said the headset will be portable with independent computing power and storage, but not truly mobile like an iPhone. When the technology improves, we believe that the new helmet product can also enhance its mobility, he said. Kuo believes Apple's headset has the potential to provide an immersive experience that is significantly better than existing VR products. Bold statement there. Last month, the information reported that the headset will be equipped with more than a dozen cameras for tracking hand movements, along with two ultra-high-resolution 8K displays and advanced eye tracking technology. 
the cameras would be able to pass video of the real world through the visor and display it to the user. Although Apple has been focusing on AR, we think the hardware specifications of this product can provide an immersive experience that is significantly better than existing VR products. We believe that Apple may highly integrate this helmet with video-related applications such as Apple TV+, Apple Arcade, as one of the key selling points, end quote. As for the Apple's augmented reality glasses, Kuo expects a launch in 2025 at the earliest, and he believes there is, quote, no prototype yet. Apple is highly committed to mixed reality and augmented reality technologies, according to Kuo, who has a, quote, positive view about Apple's future in the space. Kuo said primary supply chain beneficiaries of the headset include Sony, Pegatron, and suppliers related to optical components. Last, Kuo looked far into the future and predicted that Apple will launch contact lenses at some point after 2030. He said this product will bring electronics from the era of visible computing to invisible computing, but offered no further details. Very interesting information here. I'm not sure what this mean t- means timeline-wise, because if Apple wants to get a WWDC uh, in before its AR headset ships, a device announcement announcement would be necessary between this WWDC, which would be 2021, and next WWDC. If Apple doesn't, they still may need a six to eight month pre-announcement like Apple Watch and iPhone. And there's also rumors that Kuo's sources aren't working in Cupertino and um, interesting insight here, but People speculate that maybe Kuo is a genius publicity generator actually run by Apple. Who knows? Uh, I have a friend that um, has an, an advanced level knowledge of electronics and computing and generally what it takes to put hardware into a small little headset. And we were actually talking about this and he said unless <laughs> unless they found a way to like change the laws of physics, then there's no way you can put an 8K per eye in these 12 cameras into a headset and it weigh 100 to 200 grams, just impossible. So very curious to see what happens and I will keep you all informed. Instagram will no longer let adults message teens who don't follow them. Teen users will also be shown safety prompts when messaging suspicious adults. Instagram is introducing new policies limiting interactions between teenagers and adults to make its platform safer for young users. The app has banned adults from direct messaging teenagers who don't follow them 
and is introducing safety prompts that will be shown to teens when they DM adults who have been exhibiting potentially suspicious behavior. Safety prompts will give teenage users the option to report or block adults who are messaging them. The prompts will remind young users not to feel pressured to respond to messages and to be careful sharing photos, videos, or information with someone you don't know. Notices will appear when Instagram's moderation systems spot suspicious behavior from adult users. The company is not sharing detail on how these systems operate, but says such suspicious behavior could include sending, quote, a large amount of friend or message requests to people under 18, end quote. The Facebook-owned Instagram says this feature will be available in some countries this month, it did not specify which, and available globally, quote, soon. Instagram also says it's developing new, quote, artificial intelligence and machine learning technology to try and detect someone's age when they sign up for an account. Officially, the app requires that users are aged 13 and above, but it's easy to lie about one's age. The company said it wants to do, quote, more to stop this from happening, end quote, but it didn't go into any detail about how new machine learning systems might help with this problem. New teenage users who sign up to Instagram will also be encouraged to make their profile private. If they choose to create a public account anyway, Instagram will send them a notification later, highlighting the benefits of a private account and reminding them to check on their settings. This is very interesting, and I'm glad that Instagram is taking a more mindful approach to privacy and digital literacy when it comes to interacting with a person's digital persona. Um, these are nice, but I'm also very curious about the machine learning and the artificial intelligence systems behind this, um, which it, I'm very curious why more information is being shared of how they're just sharing what. So this is nice. I'm just, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I will keep you up to date. Facebook aims to get more people vaccinated against COVID-19. Facebook said Monday it's releasing new tools to make it easier for people to get vaccinated against COVID-19, including a feature to find a time and place to receive a shot. The new tools show how tech companies are playing a role in public health messaging around the vaccine. Social networks have also had to battle misinformation about the vaccine, such as debunked claims the vaccine is toxic and causes autism. Last week, U.S. President Joe Biden said states must make the vaccine open to all eligible adults by May 1st. Quote, the data shows the vaccines are safe and they work. 
They're our best hope for getting past this virus and getting back to normal life, end quote. That comes from CEO Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg. He notes that he's looking forward to getting the vaccine himself. During the pandemic, Facebook launched an online hub for coronavirus information, which the company is expanding globally to its photo service, Instagram. Facebook users in the U.S. who visit this online information center will also have access to a new feature available in 17 languages that displays a map of nearby places that offer the COVID-19 vaccine when they search for a city. The locations are provided by Vaccine Finder and contains the place's contact information, hours of operations, and a link to book an appointment. Facebook teamed up with the Boston Children's Hospital to build the new feature. Facebook said it's also partnering with health authorities and governments to get people registered for vaccinations through notifications on its messaging service, WhatsApp. The social network said governments, nonprofits, and international organizations have sent 3 billion messages about COVID-19 to people through WhatsApp chatbots. Facebook said in the coming weeks, it's also adding labels on all posts about the COVID-19 vaccines that direct them to the COVID-19 information center and plans to do more labeling. The company in February said it would remove more false claims about the COVID-19 vaccine that could lead to physical harm. Users will also see another screen when they try to share a post on Facebook and Instagram with the COVID-19 label. The social network is also launching new tools so that journalists, publishers, and others can track COVID-19 information in real time and public health officials can analyze data about why some people don't want to get vaccinated. More than 531,766 people in the U.S. have died from the respiratory illness caused by the coronavirus, and 107 million vaccines have been administered, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. The recent NFT craze offers easy money and hard copyright questions. NFTs are giving rise to new forms of copyright infringement, but could also provide artists with a means to earn more money on the internet. If there was a contest for acronym of the year, NFT would be the clear favorite for 2021. Short for non-fungible tokens, NFTs are having a moment as fans scramble to own pieces of digital art or pop culture moments. While many people are baffled by the trend, no one can deny it's been lucrative. In recent weeks, buyers have laid down millions of dollars to acquire NFTs issued by the likes of the artist People and the musician Grimes. But along with the money and the hype, the NFT craze has spurred a debate over what it means to own digital property. 
Some suggest NFTs might soothe long-running tensions between creators and tech platforms, while other other people point out that the trend has already given a rise to new forms of piracy and ripoffs. What exactly are people buying, though? NFTs are not new. They've been around since 2017 when a company called Dapper Labs began selling NFTs in the form of unique digital cat cartoons called Crypto Kitties. Those kitties were the subject of a short-lived craze and some sold for tens of thousands of dollars before the fad quickly fizzled. Now in 2021, NFTs have come roaring back as the phenomenon has expanded well beyond digital cats. Today, the range of NFTs for sale includes just about anything that can be captured as a digital file. The band Kings of Leon, for instance, dropped NFT versions of their new album, while the NBA is selling NFT basketball highlights. An original work by street artist Banksy has been burned and turned into an NFT. And this week, the bidding for an NFT of Twitter founder Jack Dorsey's first tweet topped 2 million. All of this raises the question of just what are people buying? After all, any of these NFT artifacts can be easily copied legally or otherwise, by anyone with an internet connection and a basic familiarity with the software. Why pay to own Jack Dorsey's tweet when you can print out or embed the same tweet on your website? (laughs) NFT enthusiasts will tell you that the artifact they bought might look or sound identical to the copies on the internet but their version comes with unique ownership certificate. The certificate is inscribed on a blockchain to create a tamper-proof transaction record to show the world that the artwork or song or sports highlight belongs to someone. Think of it as a serial number or a signature from the artist. What this means at least to NFT boosters, is that they own something unique. Just as an original painting signed by a famous artist is worth millions, even thousands of college students tape the same image to their dorm room, NFT owners can claim that their piece of digital art is the real one. Nonetheless, NFT owners might be surprised to discover what they own is rather limited. As law law professors like to tell their students, property is like a bundle of sticks. Each stick in the bundle represents a right to do something, such as the right to sell the piece of property or harvest it or destroy it and so on. This is certainly true of copyright, which contains more sticks in its bundle, such as the right to broadcast and merchandise an image than many people realize. In the case of sports leagues and musical acts, lawyers are taking pains to ensure their clients keep most of the ownership sticks in the copyright bundle for themselves. 
for fans, what they receive when buying an NFT is a license that puts them, lets them do little beyond display or transfer the work. Purchasers of NFTs issued by the NBA called moments can't, for instance, modify the highlight they buy or display it in a way the league considers hateful or offensive. Some of these limits go beyond those that go with owning a physical pack of sports cards. In the case of those physical cards, which the NBA likes to invoke as a comparison to NFTs, the owner is free to draw mustaches on the players or glue the card to a controversial collage. This might not be the case with NFTs. One can imagine a situation in which pro-democracy activists use their NFTs to call attention to the NBA's attempts to cozy up to China, and the league responds by deleting the NFTs. There are limits to what you can do with physical card too, of course. Sports leagues, intellectual property rights mean you can't replicate the card images for a t-shirt business, but the rights are certainly broader than what attaches to these NFTs. But like everything else on the internet that makes money, the NFT craze has attracted some pretty bad actors looking to cash in on the works of others. That's what happened to an artist who creates digital pictures under the name Weird Undead. She discovered someone has been stealing her images and selling them as NFTs. In the last week, Weird Undead who goes by the Twitter handle Weird Undead, has been filing a flurry of legal notices with OpenSea, one of the biggest NFT markets, while her fans have been doing the same so as to stop what she calls insane and pointless copyright infringement. She has also discovered that copycats have been using a service called Tokenized Tweets to create and sell tweets based on her work and asked it to stop. Meanwhile, influential figures in the cryptocurrency industry, including Meltem Demiros of CoinShares and Niraj Agrawal of CoinCenter, have complained of random people repackaging their tweets as tokens for sale. So far, the main NFT marketplaces are cooperating with each, agreeing to recognize a token as unique when it passes from one form to another. But that hasn't stopped the users of Binance's blockchain from hosting rogue token shops on the network, which not only sold plagiarized works, but also clearly mimicked the store names of existing Ethereum-based NFT shops. For instance, Binance Punks for... CryptoPunks and Bashmacks for hash masks. While trademark and copyright law provides a remedy for ripoffs, it's likely to prove difficult for artists to find and sue an infringer since blockchains, by their nature, are designed to be borderless and decentralized. This would explain why some upset by recent behavior on Binance's network resorted to non-legal measures to express their displeasure 
including posting images from the Tiananmen Square massacre on the company's blockchain. Binance has ties to China. Such disputes raise the question of whether NFTs represent just the latest headache for creators trying to make a living from their work. But while NFTs can pose a nuisance, some are optimistic these problems are outweighed by the potential for artists to earn a new form of income, and that NFTs could reshape how we view copyright and the internet. The latest example, this week, a bidder at Christie's auction house paid $69.3 million to own an NFT artwork by Beeple. It was the third biggest sale by a living artist to date. It's time for your weekly tech tip. This week's tech tip is for iPhone users, and it's gonna be kind of a meta tip, so to speak. So most people don't know, but there's actually an app that is built into your device natively called Tips. That's it, just Tips. It is a yellow icon with a light bulb in the center. And I love this, it's so underutilized, but it's a great collection of tips and tricks on how to get the most out of your phone. If you tap on it, there are collections around essentials, things that you must know about on your phone, what's new in iOS 14, some photography tips. If you have an Apple Watch, there will also be a section there. There's a health and fitness, privacy, Siri, AirPods, and so much more. Um, I love to recommend this to friends and family whenever they're transitioning from an Android device to an iPhone um, because there's just so much that your phone can do, but you don't know what you don't know. So tips is just a great way to get little nuggets of quick information and quick little tips that you can really start putting into good use. Um, easy to understand. So challenge yourself to learn something new about your phone this week by diving into the tips app and looking at one of the tips there. Um, one of my favorite things. So if you have someone in your family that you feel like would benefit from this, please let them know this is uh, geared for all age ranges. I mean, it's the easiest stuff to follow along. It's literally pictures and and very uh, minimal text. So visually speaking, easy to follow, follow along. And you never know when these great tips can lead to your next best light bulb idea. I hope you found that useful. If you enjoyed today's episode of Coffee and Code, head on over to Apple Podcasts to leave a rate and review. While you're there, don't forget to subscribe to be notified when new episodes go live every Wednesday. Thank you for listening to Coffee and Code, and I'll see you next week.